is the Stagger Podcast. Welcome into the Stagger Podcast. What is up? I am JD Smith. Hey everyone, I am Derek Smith, and I am locked in a closet, but that's a good thing because I sound amazing. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. So at least I think I you I, have a you have a studio space that you're recording. I have right a now. studio space that I've got in a uh it's kind of in an abandoned warehouse downtown. I'm just teasing, but it's a it's a co-working space that I'm making work for the Must company. Must be nice. Must be nice to have a hey. dedicated studio, just waltz in, just have a, you know, I don't know, free beer I mean, waiting for you. Yeah, and you just, I mean, yeah. you hope we do have a beer vending machine here, actually. But, yeah. uh, you know, you just hope you don't, you know, have like some dude with like a stupid finance podcast who's like, hey, guess what, guys? If you want to make money, guess what? Follow me on TikTok. And, you know, you should do this because, you know, like all those guys that are super hyped up. I hope that doesn't happen next week or else I'll be recording in my car. Well, well there you we'll go. See. Hopefully, if. Well, hopefully not. But uh, either way, yeah, we've got a lot to get to on this episode. So uh, we're going to get into 10 things we're looking forward to in 2021. By the way, Happy New Year. Happy 2021 to everyone. Hope it is a hell of a lot better than 2020 on so many different levels. Uh, But yeah, it it already is. I had a date with my wife and uh, yeah, things happened. Good. (laughs) That's good. Exactly. If you ever started a race team, I think it would be called TMI Racing. I think that's what it would be called. <laughs> we went on a date in our basement. What's the big deal, guys? We watched like Hulu and Netflix. And there you go. Well, that's good. Yeah. See, a little on Netflix and chill, maybe. Ah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, I'm just saying I there's a little. That, no, no, that's okay. We've already, insane. again, TMI Racing coming to a track near you very soon. 20, the baby's middle name will be 23 Racing. That's for sure. <laughs> So we have got 10 things we're looking forward to in 2021. I guess we could have been like kitschy and cool and done 21 things in 2021, but, uh, but we'd be making up shit. Yeah, we would be because I don't even know (laughs) if we're really looking forward to 10 things, right? I mean, like we're looking forward to everything in 2021, but also specifically 10 things. I think we got there. I think we've got 10 things we're really looking forward to. Uh, so we'll do that. We'll also talk some news and notes. There's news about another NASCAR driver running the Rolex 24, but it's a little interesting because he's not running in the top series. So we'll talk about that. Uh, legend passes away in motorsports. We'll talk about that. And uh, one NASCAR driver going to space, kind of. So all that coming up on the show. But let's start with 2021. Do you have a good new year, Derek? Were you all, I, all geeked I, out and cheered out? And I don't know. What did you do for 2021 new year? I... I think I played a little bit of the F1 2020 game on Xbox. This is so lame. Uh, and my wife fell asleep before the new year, and I definitely fell asleep too. Oh, so God. Our kids, how did you, did you, did you, our kids you watch? stayed like, up. They wanted to stay up, and they both made it. They well, the both two oldest, made it. The two oldest, the babies won, you, so she didn't, you, do, you know. You don't trick your kids and do like the Netflix thing and like, it's eight o'clock. Happy New Year in Iceland. Our kids are old enough to know. They can just look at the stove and be like, it's not midnight. Like it's 930 in Denmark. (laughs) Yeah, but they they're too smart for that. They're they're going to that's not going to work with them. So maybe you should get them some diversity, you know, let them understand other cultures and what they celebrate. We've talked about I told my seven year old. She looked at me like I was crazy. So (laughs) we've talked about the time differences, but. Now they wanted to stay up. We had like the grapefruit juice for them, the sparkling grapefruit juice. My wife and I had some yeah. terrible champagne and we all enjoyed that. Oh, we did have some of that. And that's before F1 2020. That's how we had the date. Okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, good yeah, for you. Little, Congratulations. Little cheap, 
cheap uh, Cineral champagne, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. half off. There you go. Yeah. Well, I hope everybody else had a good celebration for 2021. Yeah. Did you, you have a good New Year? I, I didn't even ask you. Well, that's what we did. Yeah, we just we sat around and drank. We're good. We were good. We yeah. had fun. So it, it worked out well. But uh, that's good. Yeah, let's get into 2021. Um, let's talk about some things we're looking forward to. Uh, how do you want to do this? Do you want to start off with the first one? Do you want me to? We can go back and forth. What do you think? I think let's go back. and You start off with the... Uh, the t- I'll start like off. The I know. You, yeah, yeah I'll, start, I, I'll start off we'll here and then we'll go from there. So yeah. the first thing we're looking forward to in 2021 is good old seven-time himself, Jimmy Johnson, making his way to IndyCar. I think anybody who's listened to this podcast would know that if we are going to come up with a list of things we're looking forward to, seeing Jimmy Johnson running an IndyCar, we have talked at length about how excited we are about that. No, he's not running the Indy 500. He's not running any of the oval tracks, but plenty of tracks that are not ovals, he will be running. So you will see him, for example, July 4th, the IndyCars are at Mid-Ohio. That's one of our favorite tracks. He will be there. Like Jimmy Johnson, you know, I mean, running IndyCar for me... That's a huge deal, and I'm I'm excited to watch him on the broadcast, and hopefully to get to a race or two and actually check that out. Yeah, and it's gonna be it's gonna be cool to see it. It's almost for me gonna be like a child watching again. Uh, you know, like like you see something through a child's eyes, right? You're seeing something uh, a young rookie who knows too much and and knows like this is a unique opportunity. Most people that most 21 year old drivers that get in the sport, no matter which discipline it is, I mean, you look at Max Verstappen. He doesn't realize what he's in. He's 20, what, 22 now? And he's won, like, what, 10 Grand Prix in F1? He doesn't even know. He'll look back when he's 40 going, like, oh, my gosh, I was so, like, fortunate to get that opportunity. Now Jimmy Johnson's going to come into IndyCar going, I'm soaking this in. Like, the first time he goes to the Indy 500, he's going to be soaking that in way more than a 21-year-old would because he's going to be worried about, you know, I got a legacy, I got to build this, I got to win this, you know. And Jimmy Johnson's gonna be like, I'm just so happy to be here as a spectator. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. not even racing yeah, in it. Right, of like course. that's the thing. Like he's gonna be in but all he'll of be, that. But so, but he will run. He will run the road the Grand course. Grand Prix. Yeah, he'll yeah, run the road yeah, course absolutely. in the IndyCar, which will be a lot of fun to see how he does in that. And I'm I'm excited to watch Jimmy Johnson. Um, I'm excited to watch it through the eyes of fans who have not followed IndyCar maybe in the last. I don't know, depending on how old you are. If you haven't, if yeah. you kind of fell off after the mid '90s, if you were that old where you remember like, oh, IndyCar used to be the series. For people who are maybe under 30 and you don't remember this, IndyCar was the series in American racing pretty much for like the the boomer generation and like Generation X after them. Like that childhood for a lot of those people was growing up watching guys like AJ Foyt, Mario Andretti. Those guys were the ones you looked at. Al Unser Jr. And Al Unser Jr. after him, you know, and the next generation of guys like Michael Andretti and Bobby Rahal and, you know, all those drivers that were around in that time. But yeah, that was... Danica Patrick. Well, now we're getting... That's what... (laughs) That was after the split. I'm saying pre-split, pre-split, that was the the premier series in American racing. And then it was in the mid-90s when they split up, as many people obviously know famously. That was where NASCAR was just kind of figuring out, hey, instead of being local and and regional with the Southern crowd, like what if we have drivers who reflect all of America, not just the South? And what if we highlight some of those guys? And what if we have battles between guys like Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt? And that is what brought them into the mainstream. And that is what took them yeah. to the next level. And it just so happened at the perfect time for NASCAR, terrible time for the you know open wheel circuit for for their split to happen that divided the fan bases so i'm just saying there are a lot of people who probably have 
not watched IndyCar or have never gotten really back with it, who now, because Jimmy Johnson's running in it, are going to watch races that are not the Indy 500. You know, I've yeah. been to a lot of those race fans watch the Indy 500 and say, I love that, but I'm not watching, you know, some. I'm not going to watch Laguna Seca. And well, right. now, I mean, Jimmy Johnson's going to be running yeah. it. Yeah. So well, and, hopefully that'll get this. more people back to the sport. Yeah. And think about this, too, is that when I was talking about the Indy 500, this is going to be his first time, like since maybe he, maybe he went when he's a teenager that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. This is going to be his first time going to the race because he's raced in Charlotte on the Indy 500 day. So just him walking in will be like us walking into our first Indy 500. Wow, this is cool. And I, I honestly think he's going to be up there on the pit box. And I mean, that's what if you've been in an Indy car race, you always I would see think so, yeah. teammates. If, if a teammate goes out, it's very much like an F1 style where they still support the team. You know, they, they hop on the next, um, you know, if you're if you're watching from above the paddock, or from the paddock in mid Ohio, some guy wrecks out or has an engine failure. He goes right to the to the team's uh, yeah. you know box there and basically just kind of watches and supports his teammate and also tries to learn you know things and and stay and, and like that's what I do like about IndyCar. They're very much a tight knit circuit and tight knit oh, yeah. family. So it's yeah. gonna be cool to see Jimmy Johnson get into that family and see what he can do uh, and hopefully get some get some podium finishes this year. Yeah. All right, Derek, what's the next thing we're looking forward to in 2020? Oh, we are looking forward to NASCAR coming to COTA May 23rd. Uh, so, I mean... Do, For people who don't know many, what COTA is, that's the sorry, circuit, circuit, circuit of, of the, the Americas. Americas in Austin, Texas. Yes. I have course. a question. How many cars do you think will not make it through turn one? <laughs> turn one at COTA is probably... Like it may not even be the whole race. It may just be I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to the whole race, obviously, but... I think I'm that's forward to turn one. The thing is, turn one, lap one, that's fixing to be a shit show. I, I or or maybe it won't take on lap one, but maybe it'll be on a restart somewhere. Oh but yeah, there will be a pileup in turn one of Circuit of the Americas, and I'm interested in that because it's unlike any real circuit or turn, at least that I can think of in NASCAR. I mean, you have the cars when they like, and they're and they're going to Road America too this year. The NASCAR guys are, but. Like when they go up the hill at, at Road America, that's what the Xfinity guys usually do, and the truck guys have done it over the years. When you go up that hill, that's a, that's a that's a thing that's interesting, right? But it's not the same as going up a hill and then having a turn that you that's have to nail super tight. That's yes, yeah, one of the tightest radius turns I've ever seen for any type of racing, let alone for giant thirty four hundred pound stock cars like I, with wheelbases that are as long as you know a semi-truck compared yeah, to any car f1 i mean it's it's <laughs> gonna be to ridiculous back on for that one and just see what it's gonna what be ri- it will ridiculous. take to slow those cars down oh god the brake packages for for coda will be you're gonna have to have a will, martinsville package pretty much you're gonna yeah they will steroids. they will have to have a package that is pretty much designed just for that turn because all the other turns if you can handle that one you can handle the rest but yeah and it'll be interesting too to figure out those cars going up the hill i mean how much deceleration occurs and at what point do you lift and at what point do you rely on the natural you know way to the car to slow it down going up a hill versus that'll be the gamesmanship and the all i'm i guarantee you they're running sims on it right now like they're yeah guys have already driven that track and already have figured out a couple tricks and they're all gonna see how that goes but they've got analysts that that are looking at that that turn is probably getting hundreds of hours of analysis this year waiting for them to figure out what do we do with that turn yeah and i think that the person in the catbird seat will be that number two spot so you want to qualify first second or third 
And it's like, well, duh, you want to qualify as high as you can? Yes. But I'm saying it's going well, it's going to be a very, very important thing to do that because that's another question, course, isn't it? That's kind of another question. Are is there going to be qualifying, or are they just going <laughs> to are they going to run it back like they did hope. this year? Well, I don't know. We don't know if they're doing it or not. But you're right. Yeah. You do want to qualify as high as you can there because you want to get out of the melee. It, it yeah, more well, so than any other track. That's one of the ones where it, you definitely want to be out ahead early and just cruise I mean, through all that. Because this is the closest thing for all the the crap that NASCAR gets, where people will say, "Hey, you know, you've got, you, you've got like, you know, all these wrecks that happen in NASCAR." Yes, that happens at Talladega. That does happen. There is some rubbing his race and stuff. But typically, the most like turn one disasters that I see is in form of the one. You know, yeah, um, sure, sure. So you're gonna have the chance to see a guy go in, not pump his brakes. Go in there really cold and shoot in the. I hope he's on the outside lane, but he's gonna, if he's in eighth position or ninth position, he's going to go in and take out literally five cars. And you're going to have guys in the back of the pack scooting up, and guys that should be finishing seventeenth are going to get a top ten that day. Can I tell you actually what I've now decided I want to see is I want them to do like four or five pace laps and really get the you know tires warmed up get the brakes warmed up, and then I want them to do a grid start for Cody. Yes! <laughs> yes! NASCAR grid start. It. Let's do it. Let's just watch. Let's make it a full-on <laughs> shit show. Let's go. Larry McReynolds. I know Let's he's not in the go. booth anymore, but all right, lights out here and see who got the five bonus points shooting off first. Oh, looks like it's Carla Joy. Wait, he's in the back. Well, it's going to be, it's going to throw so many fans. They won't do this, obviously. Brad would, Keselowski gets in the turn first. He gets that five bonus points. It would throw so many fans if they're like, red light, red light, red light. Okay, no lights. Why are they going? Wait, what? There's no lights. Why Guys, are they going? Guys, it's red light. It means stay there. Gosh, where's the green light? So, yeah. I'm making fun of Austin now. Having, I know they definitely don't talk like that. No, but, yeah. but that's okay. Make fun of Austin. It's fine. Yeah, um, so, really. yeah, Circuit of the Americas, we're excited for it. The first turn's going to be fun, and I can't wait to watch all that. Uh, the next thing we're looking forward to in 2021, our third thing. we got to move a guess a little quicker, otherwise this will be a two-hour podcast. But yeah, um, the standard bearer races in NASCAR, IndyCar, IMSA, they are all coming back, and most of them, hopefully, will have some level of fans there. But the majority of them, one would hope, fingers crossed, we're going to get to a point by May, June, July, somewhere in there when you're in the heart of racing season mm -hmm. where the majority of places where these races are will allow fans. And hopefully they will allow, you know, the crews to come back earlier and have qualifying like we were talking about and some of that stuff. But, you know, the Daytona 500 will have some fans there. The Indy 500, hopefully, by the end of May, you would think they're going to be at closer to full capacity Bristol night race in September, right? In the playoffs, that should be a pretty packed house. And I would think for all those races that have occasionally, the Indy 500 hasn't, but, you know, Daytona has occasionally struggled with attendance. Bristol has occasionally struggled with attendance or not fully packed out. I would think a year like what happened this past year, where a lot of people probably wish they could have gone and couldn't, that is yeah. something that it, when you take something away from people, it intensifies their desire to have it. It's scarcity yeah. principles. So it's I wouldn't why be surprised I drove if, to Bristol by myself and saw the all-star race. Right. I drove it's there by just, myself because I'm like, I miss racing. Yeah. I'm used to going like yeah. six races, like a few local short tracks and, and at least one or two NASCAR races or IndyCar races a year. Now I'm not going to anything. Now so I drove seven hours to Bristol and did a podcast on the way back just to do yeah. that. We also, and you can go listen to that. Find us on uh, anywhere, wherever you found this podcast. Go back and yep. listen. It was, look for the Bristol Night Race. We we talked to uh, Derek there on the way back. But 
you know, any of those races, I think that you're going to see a lot of people who I, I am quite sure 2020 has been a rough year for many different fields, many different people. There are going to be a lot of people who just can't afford to go to races. And I appreciate that is a possibility, too, that mm -hmm. some of that will be down for people and they may say but there are maybe there are, i bet you there are just as many people who last year had an okay year or a normal year or whatever uh monetarily even if it was terrible from other angles and they've saved that money and said not only am i going but i'm taking a big group and we're gonna get the rv we've always talked about getting and we're gonna do it upright because who knows what's gonna happen next you just you know you or i think just, there will you, be a lot of people who look at that you appreciate yeah. what you lost right yeah and also too speaking of appreciation nascar indycar fans imsa fans take that stimulus check and put about a quarter of it back or half of it back get yourselves a nascar ticket next year <laughs> and go see some live racing so yeah, if you if you can if you can swing it put a few hundred dollars back and go visit your local track Save. or your local short track Take the family out, have some fun. Save your stimmy. See save Jimmy. Your stimmy. See Jimmy. Or some. See Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> save, your stimmy, save your stimmy. See some Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's a free one for anybody who is doing any of the road courses. Jimmy Johnson is going to be at. Just put that in there. Save your stimmy. See some Jimmy. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Magnuson. That's another thing that we're excited about, right? Because he's not going to be with the F1 team anymore. Where's he going to be? He is going to be with Chip Ganassi and Ringer Vanderzand, as I would say. I think you say Zand. Ringer um, Vanderzand is what I've heard, but yeah, either way, yeah, he's going to be with Rang he's going to be with the Road Course Ranger. Hey, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're going to be uh, racing IMSA for the Cadillac, uh, racing for the championship in IMSA. So that starts here in this month, end yeah. of the month at January thirtieth. At I mean, gosh, this weekend they're going to be at the Roar before the twenty four. So IMSA's back. We're back, baby. We're ready to go. Yeah, I am. I am thrilled for the roar to be back. I'm thrilled for the cars to be back on track at Daytona. Uh, we've got lots, by the way, in regards to that. We will be talking all about the Rolex 24 uh, coming up in future episodes as we get closer to that. We will also be talking about the Chili Bowl next couple of weeks because that is coming up. And that's kind of mm. one of the first tastes you get of actual I racing love again. Some chili. Mm. Oh, you're talking about like the well, race in Tulsa. I always like to make well, a big both. bowl of chili for that. Yeah. I'd, and I don't think Kevin Magnuson's going to show up at the Chili Bowl, but he is going to be at the Rolex 24. And for those who, again, who don't follow all that, the DPI car that you mentioned, Daytona Prototypes, uh, Cadillac is obviously, that's the Chevrolet GM entry is they put Cadillacs in the field. Um, those have been pretty good cars over the years. So Kevin Magnuson it's running got a with- got push start and heated seats. It's a really fine car. <laughs> Yeah, it is, though, that <laughs> class of cars, the DPIs, are yeah. the fastest cars on the track. So we'll be really interesting to see how a Formula One driver, and he's not the first one, right? I mean, no, Juan, he's Juan not Pablo the, he's Montoya not obviously one. has been driving in uh, Fernando Alonso. Yeah, a lot of people have done it. Yeah, but um, it, it'll be but, fun to watch him all year at all these tracks yeah. and to see a guy who, you know, was just racing in Formula One. Now you're going to be able to see him at tracks that are a little more accessible for us who are based in America. We can get to unless you can go up to Canada or you go down to Austin yeah. for Coda when that's happening. Like you don't get to see a lot of the F1 drivers very often. So to get to see someone of his caliber coming to IMSA, that's a lot of fun for yeah, us. And, and I am a big fan of the Magnuson family back to when Jan Magnuson drove for Crone Racing. Uh, wow, not a disease. It's a, it's a number 76. Uh, I, I, it's the, I want to say the Lola prototype. So okay. I'm, a, I'm a little bit of an IMSA nerd, especially the early 2010s. That was like my wheelhouse. So I'm going to go up to Kevin Magnuson at Mid-Ohio and be like, Kevin, Kevin, tell your dad that I'm his biggest fan. 
Okay, is your dad are, here? Are, are Where's sure, John Magnuson? Are we sure that Jan Magnuson is his dad, though? Because, yes, I mean, they both jumped off of a dang pier in Brasile, <laughs> Denmark. Okay, I'm just I thinking, know this. I've been to their okay, hometown. I'm, I'm a Magnuson family fan. Okay. That, just saying. Wow. Okay. I did not expect all of I that. I take my Magnuson very seriously. <laughs> You you keep your Magnuson and you can you can love on your Magnuson all you, you need keep to. your Jimmy. I'll keep my Magnuson. How about that? Yeah, here's what but, I know. Uh, here's what I know, though, with Kevin Magnuson. Uh, I think it is always good when the Formula One drivers are back in other racing series because people yes. are naturally going to say, well, yeah, he was really good in IMSA. Well, he, you know, I, he was what he was in IMSA, right? I mean, obviously, he was talented enough to, or to make it to Formula One. That's what I'm trying to say. He was what he was there. It's Kevin Magnuson. But I'm saying, like, to get to see him and measure him against the other drivers who are in IMSA, that will be fun for IMSA fans. And if you're someone who has watched uh, the F1 series and maybe you don't watch a lot of sports car racing, there you got a guy now. Go root yeah. for Kevin Magnuson, former you know Haas driver. Let's yeah. let's see what he does. That's I think and it's going to be very fun to to get into that for people who maybe have gotten into F one but don't really follow sports car racing. Now you have an, a rooting interest. Yeah, or for the American or North American racing fan that hasn't really followed much because there's only one or two races in in Formula One here. This is your chance to go to to watch on Netflix the Drive to Survive series. You get to catch up on uh, season one. He was all over it. The Haas team was. Yeah. And he even tested Tony Stewart's sprint car at uh, one of the North Carolina tracks. So he's driven on some dirt. It'd be cool next year to see him at the at the Chili Maybe Bowl. Maybe he will do the Chili Bowl. Maybe, Maybe he will. That'd be awesome. Chili. What if he shows up? I love it. He shows up. You know, there's always like a TBA or TBD announcement mm -hmm. for like two or three cars. The car gets in there. The driver's announced later. What if it's Kevin? Oh, Magnuson? I we're not doing it yet, but just know in the next couple of weeks, if you don't know about the Chili Bowl, we will get you educated on it. I know a lot of people have gotten into it now. <laughs> we're hardly the ones to educate most people yeah. on that, but we will be talking about that. We will be talking about the driver lineups. I cannot wait. Tulsa shootout yeah. was this past weekend. <laughs> yes, yeah. racing is back, baby. It's exciting. And you thought I was a Bubba Wallace fan. <laughs> You've not heard me talk about Kevin Magnuson. Oh, enough. just the, wait. Just wait. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So the, what, yeah. What is your fan group called? The uh, the the house that Magnuson built, or the, the house? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to come up with a better uh, name for it. The um, I was going to make a joke there, but you already said I do TMI, so I'll uh, stop. <laughs> while we're ahead. all right, there you go. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, next up, thing we're excited for twenty twenty one. How about this? The NASCAR booth on Fox gets a little bigger because Jeff Gordon and Mike Joy are still there, but they lost their guy DW last year. They didn't have him in the booth. But don't worry because you got a new guy coming in. Who's joining them in the booth? You got Clint Boyer Boyer stepping in, the man from Kansas, Emporia, Kansas, as he'll tell you. Uh, he is going to be out there enjoying some some back and forth with Jeff Gordon, and I'm looking forward to it. Although I think we're all going to need Brett Griffin to tell him to shut up every now and then, but he's going to be without his well, father, so we'll see how that works. <laughs> that's that's a good point, and I do think Clint Boyer has been fun in spurts, you know, to get to see him on a race here or there, you know, when he's not been driving, and he does a good job with it. Whatever they've given him, he's usually done pretty well. I do think uh, the, the grind that you get into of – it is the 320th lap at Atlanta, and you've already watched, you know, 70 laps of one guy being checked out by four seconds. Yeah. Can can Clint Boyer do the thing that I have heard a lot of race car drivers do when you actually sit down and talk to them or you listen to a podcast that they're on where they can walk you through minute by minute, lap by lap, what they were doing back in 13th and then what this one idiot did in the pits, you know, like they keep track of all that stuff. So 
if Clint Boyer, my hope, and fingers crossed on this, because look, I love when I understand why they do this on the broadcast, but a guy who's out by 10 seconds, we don't need to always see his car. We know he's winning. They want to do that because that's what's promised to the sponsors. Sponsors are told, hey, if you you come with us, we win a lot of races. You're going to be on TV a lot. You're going to get all this free advertising. We're not free, but you're going to get added advertising because of it. So I know they do that in part to scratch the team's backs, but I hope that Clint Boyer can force them to say, look, man, I ran a lot of my career in between like 5th and 15th. Let's talk about some of those battles. Let's talk about the guys that are fighting for 10th. And a 10th place finish for them actually means something, unlike, yeah. you know, for Denny Hamlin, if he's running 8th to get a 7th place spot. And it doesn't, it's, it's big for championship points, but it's not that big to him because he's done it a million yeah. times. But let's talk about that when there's a guy running 12th who it actually matters for breaking into the top 10. I hope Clint Boyer can highlight that stuff and bring that out and kind of just start talking about it to the point that the guys who are producing are like, well, we got to show that let's Clint wants to talk about it. Let's yeah. show it. And, and and I think that, and while you brought it up just real quick aside, I think NASCAR in the next three to five years will have a F1 style point system where you'll only score points if you're 20th place or above. Interesting. I think it needs, I think, it needs I think to that, that would actually, and that would be that really would, good. That I would make all these races that much more interesting than they already are. Yeah, to see to see teams get into the points. It's you're you're so right on that. If you can have and a constructor, so yeah, I mean, of if course. you take your, I mean cuz the manufacturers they have that already, but like we don't really like and in the manufacturer standings, you know, no, or the uh, in the team standings, the team championship, but I, like I wish they would show that so you could be like, "Oh, the top car from Hendrick scored 5th." Yeah. And the top car from Penske only scored 12th. Oh my gosh, look, there's a huge jump in the constructors championship. Yeah, I know I'm an F1 stuff. No, 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 that's good. I like it though. I think that's very interesting. Cool. Um, another thing that is uh, very exciting for us as we roll through the things we are most excited about for 2021. Uh, let's talk a little IndyCar. They have a race that uh, I is I I hope everyone is paying attention that this is happening. And obviously, this town has been through a lot recently with a terrible mm. tragedy there with uh, someone setting off a massive bomb, a suicide bomber, basically in mm. in the city of Nashville. So. Our hearts and our thoughts go out to all the businesses and everybody. Thankfully, no one was killed by that other than the suicide bomber. Um, but everybody else, their businesses were ruined by that. We we hope for a speedy recovery there for everybody there. But IndyCar is going to the streets of Nashville. They are going to run a race in that town on August 8th. And I am so thrilled about that because I think Nashville is a very cool city to go to. I know a lot of people enjoy it. I'm not breaking any news on that, but... Um, whether you like it for the country music aspect of it, whether you like it because it's just a a big city in a warmer climate, kind of, you know, in the South. Nashville's just a very interesting town. I, and I have always enjoyed going there. So I would love to see what I'm, I'm excited to see how that race looks in that city, because I have thought those streets look like if I had it all cordoned off to myself, I thought what fun this would be to drive around the city of Nashville. Yeah. It looks and like, I mean, are. it's, it's very well laid out. There's some Hills. There's it's, it's fun, man. I'm, I'm kind of looking yeah. forward to seeing how they, how they deal with all that. I am looking forward to, uh, that, that I mean, you know, you know, there's going to be like 30 or, or so people like in a, in a bridesmaid group that are not, <laughs> they're not going to know there's a race they're in town. So like, oh my pissed. gosh, let's go. Hey, what are all these fences for? Oh my gosh! And then they're going to be race fans at the end of it, which is going to be awesome. If you've um, not, if you've not seen how NASCAR, that, that is true. That that like Nashville has transformed into the you know bridal party capital yeah. of the world, the bachelorette party capital of the world, and 
now will be transformed into a I don't know a temple of speed for a weekend. I I'm, yeah, I don't know. They're gonna, have to, to... they're gonna have to share the share the streets, man. Uh, I I think a great commercial, which is why you saw me get so excited on the Zoom here. Uh, the audience of one that's watching this, um, but uh, they should have a because there's a line of people. So there's a, there's my one of my favorite Instagram accounts to follow is called Influencers in the Wild. That's their tag. Uh, yes, basically, yes, it's people yes, yes. capturing all the influencers doing their things. Like we did a tick, I did a TikTok today. If my neighbor was videoing me, I'm gonna be on that site probably because carrying around a piece of sheet metal. Anyways, um, but it would be so cool to see them. There's a line of girls that line up for you know, a long distance to get their picture by the wings, you know, where they take the peace sign and they have these big wings that are like 10 foot tall paint on the side of a building and they stand there. And so it's just, if you put your shoulders just in the right spot, looks like you got a big set of wings. Oh, ain't that cute. Everybody that's been in Nashville has that picture. So it would be cool if you had like Jimmy Johnson or, you know, I don't know, uh, Brian Herta, oh, Brian Herta, <laughs> Colton Herta, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, or, you know, any one of those guys, Marcus Erickson, uh, standing up there, in a fire suit waiting like how long is this line gonna take my gosh you could do it even now with social distancing it'd be kind of cool and just like that's the announcement like hey we're coming to the streets of nashville you know like oh yeah uh, that'd be that'd be really cool marketing marketing idea and of course that's why i'm sitting here on a podcast and not actually in a a border (laughs) making these decisions but uh, i think i think it's gonna be fun nashville's a fun town and you're gonna get a lot of people turning heads just like you do at long beach there is a lot of people in southern california that are not racing fans but they come out to Long Beach Grand Prix because that's what they've done for years. Yeah. That's their thing. They get a party boat, they get a condo, they get an Airbnb, and they just have fun in that city watching that circuit. So it, it has the potential to be like a, a, a true Grand Prix style of a street course. I hope IndyCar puts a lot of resources into kind of owning that town for that weekend or that week leading up to it and making it a big, big splash. Yeah, I, t- I tend to think they will, and I, I would hope so. I mean, I, I can't imagine, like, if nothing else, it's going to be newsworthy there because so much traffic is going to be tied up, you know, because of the fact that, like, there's going to be places where you just can't drive. Um, yeah. But a lot of where the track is going to uh, go around will have to do with where, like, the Nissan Stadium is. That's where the Titans play. So they, they're going to be in and around that. And they, they will go over the Korean Veterans Boulevard, which is a bridge over the Cumberland River. So they are going to go over water, which I love anytime that you get race cars going over water. I'm I'm excited yeah, about that. So Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be harkening back to the 1986 Columbus Ford Dealers 500 in my <laughs> Uh, memory bank. Yes, Watch that right. on YouTube. It's like yeah. the fifth time we mentioned the, it. The um, most, the more we can. I know some people think the racing's terrible, and that's fine. But you know what? Street courses are awesome. I don't care. Like I don't care if they run in a parade. Like they're go. Yeah. You're putting you're putting race cars in on roads that aren't meant for them. That's always interesting. Yeah. Stop Baltimore making it about a- like it has to be pack racing with forty cars and everybody's like an inch away from each other. And if it's not, it's not a good race. Like shut up. This is cool. Yeah. They're gonna be in Nashville going across all kinds of different terrain. I, I shut up. This is awesome. Yeah. Enjoy. I, that's why I love the Baltimore Grand Prix they had for a year or two back in like 2012, 2013. It was fantastic. Bell Isle's but, always great. I love Bell Isle. Bell Isle. Yeah. I mean, just, and you know what the thing about Baltimore I liked is they didn't grade the uh, the sewer, grade, oh. the sewer grade. So there was like a whole line of them. But oh my gosh! <laughs> and then oh, that man. that was like they were bouncing into a turn. That was a, a hard right hander, if I remember correctly, over some train tra- like some trolley tracks. Yeah. It was like it was like a nightmare. But it was there's so many people that had to like adjust and fight back, right? And it's no. and, and and moving on because I know we do have to move on. There is also another 
technically new track in Tennessee, and that's the Bristol Dirt Track. Oh, yeah. So that's going right. to be fun to see, too. So lots of things happening in Tennessee. Well, and I have, we can talk about that later because, I, I mean, I'm – I'm you got kind problems? of looking forward to that, but I have my issues with it being a cup race. Or a, yeah. So so you don't mind a procession at a street? No, 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 no. It's not about that. It's but, about the fact okay. that like it. Making sure the truck race was cool at Eldora because one, Eldora is an actual dirt track. You know that yeah. there's that part of it. The other part of it is the trucks. I like that they kind of are are saying, well, we don't really know what to do with the trucks, but let's make them kind of like, you know. Let's make them have a little bit of an homage to all forms of four-wheeled motorsports. I like that. It's like no matter where you come from, if you put three or four dirt tracks on the on the truck series, well, that might give some dirt racers a leg up to get into the series, and then maybe they get make really they find themselves. out they're really good at these. You know, they found out they're good at mile and a halfs too, and then suddenly they've got a pathway to get up and move up the rankings. Yeah, and you and you can put a package together where like well, we're going to be a top five car at these four races. Yes. Yes. And, we, and we're going to also want to add a Martinsville, a Bristol, and a New Hampshire. Yeah, we're going to get really good at that stuff. Our, and we're going to we shoot our shot at a Kansas, you know? Yeah, and, and you got an eight they, race deal there that is not, that's maybe what, a million dollars? Yeah. Mean, that's something I, that, that, that drivers can shoot for. I know I just said I like the spectacle, but again, Bristol's a cool track without dirt. Like that's yes. my that's my problem with it is you're taking a track that's already cool and yes I know it's had its issues and it's PJ one and sometimes it's the high groove and I get it it's got its nuances that people don't like but Bristol baby it's it's already cool like you're you, I don't know you it's have like, to say it like Junior it's Bristol baby right it's like hey do you like ice cream it's like yeah I do it's like well here's an ice cream sundae that's like got all the toppings it's like awesome that's what mm, thank you and they're like oh by the way we shoved three pieces of pizza on it and some french toast on top and you're like what you're taking now you're doing too much like I didn't need all that why did you add all that it's made it worse pizza now pizza a la mode you never had that <laughs> I mean it's the best it's dude. like I, I I'm again but seriously just remember these you, remember these comments remember these comments yeah. when the Bristol dirt track race comes up and i'm geeked for it because at that okay. point i probably will be excited about it but right now in my head i'm just like they could have they could have let the trucks have three or four races at you know going on to Na knoxville and you know pick a couple other dirt tracks out there that are really legendary maybe go to williams grove like just fremont speedway hey I mean, well, all the legendary we tracks. would love we would love that but the point <laughs> i'm making is i think that was a missed opportunity by nascar yep. they could have put the trucks on those tracks and made it more of a all American racing series where there's all these different disciplines you have to do. And instead they were like, no, let's put the cup cars there, which why like the cup cars right. are so technologically advanced and you're just going to throw them on dirt and have, them. okay, whatever, uh, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's, hey, it'll be fun when we do it, I guess. But it's going to be, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the, to the exact opposite extreme, we've got a full global F1 calendar that's going to be coming out. And, and we are looking March, forward to that. Yes. That we're looking forward to that. It, they're going back to Australia where all the cars and trailers and drivers and crews were until that was right when one of the members, I believe it was of Haas, that tested positive for COVID back in March. And that's when I was like, oh, no, this is not good. They shut down the F1 race. And that was like, and they're delaying baseball season. And they're postponing the March Madness. It was like, doom, doom, doom. It's like, it was like, okay, and here we are still, you know, now everything's kind of come back in a weird way, but it all started there. And part of the reason why I'm excited for this is because the F1 calendar, while it was interesting this year and it was fun and we raced in Italy like three times, we're going to go back to the global circuit where we're racing in Japan, racing in uh, some of the Middle Eastern countries. One country that I may not be the biggest fan of their politics or their human rights issues, 
but I'm curious to see what the track is going to be at Jeddah in Saudi Arabia. Like D- Dubai does great work. Um, or uh, sorry, Abu Dhabi is a great track. Bahrain is a great track. So I'm really excited to see will Saudi Arabia match that quality of track that they make in the Middle East. Um, so I, I'm just really pumped and excited for it. And of course, you got the uh, the well, photo you, race that you is always great. If you haven't seen the 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 screenshots of it, I don't know if the if this is you know a lot of times architects have their ideas of what they're going to build and then they don't. But they have <laughs> they have an image that uh, is that is on motorsport.com, a few other places that was released of Jetta that was just like an artist rendering. And what they have is, number one, they have a Six Flags apparently on the same grounds as where they're build, building this racetrack or built this racetrack. Um, but they, they show a pedestrian bridge going over the track and on the track itself, they have a sign that says DRS. So like apparently they have a DRS zone going under pedestrian bridge, which I can't imagine what that would feel like to stand on that pedestrian bridge. <laughs> and by the way, they have no like fencing up for this, like in their artist rendering, which of course is not the way they're actually going to design uh, this. But... They don't need to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, I just love how they have no fence. They have people like with a, it looks they'll like they someone with died a... building a stadium or something. I mean, it'll be totally fine. They have right? people standing like on this pedestal. They're just walking like they're at the, like at the Navy pier. You know what I mean? It's like, what? A, there's no way. And also right next to this, there's a roller coaster going simultaneously right next to the track. Like, yeah, not a chance. That's exactly how this laid out. But anyway, <laughs> very cool idea by them. So yeah, we'll see what it looks like at Jetta. Yeah. I'm yeah. interested. In uh, it as well. I'm pumped for it. And you got, I mean, there, there, there is something else that's going to come back that wasn't on the schedule last year that you're pretty excited about. And I am too. Yeah. What's um, going on in North Carolina, buddy? Uh, Rockingham is coming back. And I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know what's going to happen. But for those old school NASCAR fans like you and me who enjoyed Rockingham, it was always one of the tracks. That, I'm not making that up, right? That was usually the second track of the year, right? It was yeah, usually well, go they, Daytona. Yep, 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 they would. Yep. It would go Daytona, then Rockingham, and then yep. they kind of would, you know. Yeah, they'd move on from there. Yep. But Rockingham was always an early race, and I always liked it. So they announced a few weeks ago, maybe almost a month ago now, that they were going to they, – they actually had a test at Rockingham. Um, soft tires and unrestricted is what they said with the post, and it was uh, late model stock car tour, the Cars Tour is going to be going there now initially it was set up to go there in march uh they were gonna they were gonna open the track up in march with this cars tour coming through it's like a late model stock car touring series it goes around regionally i believe just mostly in the south Mm. and southeast but yeah so cool all right so they're going to be back in march well there's a little bit of a hiccup with that because uh some of the teams were concerned about the tire wear and the racing series the cars tour said they did not want to have to do uh they did not want to have to do any pit stops or at least not two pit stops for the 75 mile race or for 75 lap race that they had planned so they said we don't want to do two pit stops we think it's going to make for bad racing it's expensive for the teams we're not going to do that so instead they are working with Hoosier their tire provider to get a better more durable tire but that has meant they have to postpone this race so it will happen as of now on Saturday, October 30th, the day before Halloween. So if you are looking to go to Rockingham and see a car at that track, which I got to be honest, having never seen a car there myself live in person, Mm -hmm. just to see stock cars going around it in any capacity. Look, I don't mean to throw shade at Rockingham. I am hoping for the best for them. I am hoping it works out. 
but obviously they have tried this before and it has been mm-hmm. difficult. A lot of these uh, tracks that NASCAR used to run, some of them have gone away. Some of them have tried to make comebacks and then some of them have encountered difficulties again because this just in, it is really tough to promote a giant racing facility without a national touring series or three coming by and routinely throwing yeah. you big checks. So we'll yep. see how Rockingham does. But in the meantime, market calendars, October 30th, as of right now on the calendar, Rockingham will have stock cars going around it. And I would love to see that because Rockingham is a fast track, especially for guys that usually run, you know, quarter miles and half miles and, you know, flat tracks like that. Like putting them on this track is going to be a hell of an experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I have driven by uh, Rockingham twice in the last five years. Or I believe it was it was right when that um, basically I said goodbye to it twice is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, is after is after uh, uh, Hillebrand, I think, had the track before. And it, and it and it failed. I think it had one K and N race, and then it failed after that, or they they lost the ownership or something. So I drove by and going, I see Corey LaJoy's name there. I see Chase Elliott's names there. I see Parker Clearman. There's a huge boulder outside of where the ticket office was or now is um, that they have all these names etched, and it's really cool to see. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Here's the rock, and man, sucks that it won't you know come back. And then three or four years later, it comes back again. I'm like, oh, cool. And then by the time I'm going down there again. I have to say goodbye to it again. So hopefully yeah. I'm done saying goodbye to Rockingham when I come back from Myrtle Beach area. Let's hope so, uh, man. That'll it's be a, nice. But it's yeah, a really it's, cool it's a track. And and one challenge there too is that it is it is a good distance away from the from Wilmington. It's a good distance away from Charlotte. It can still pull from those markets, but it's it, it's by it's no means those, like to your point. It's one of those yeah, tracks that that definitely needs the regional fan base to show yeah. up. Because as much up. as yeah. guys like you and me would give a solid, if they put a NASCAR race there, I'm there. Right? Oh, we're there. If I'm they put traveling. A, if they it. put a K and N or an ARCA race there, we're there. Yes, we might but, be there but, for this car race in October. You never know. <laughs> right, I might be. If it, I'm still hopeful that it happens, and I'll we'll see where the you know situation is with the. I hope I've got a vaccine in my veins by then. But yeah, I would definitely be up for checking this place out. But the point is, that's something that for them to sustain, they are going to need to have local tracks. There are local races there and they're going to need to have people that come in regionally that bring these, you know, super modifieds and stuff like that. You're going to need all that and you're going to need it to be successful and people are going to need to show up five or 10,000 people at a time are going to need to go there. So hopefully if you are someone in that area, uh, help us out, get Rockingham back on its feet, keep it going so that it's there for us and other people to enjoy when we can get there. Cause trust me, we would be, if they, if it was, if it was within a two hour drive for me and they announced that they had a weekly racing series, buddy, I'd be there 80, percent of those races i'd, I'd be mm. there almost every week just like i'm sure yep. you did if you lived near bowman gray i mean we yeah if we lived oh, near man. bowman gray i'd be there every weekend but i don't so i yeah. hope to get there i know you've been there but much to my wife's uh bewilderment or curiosity <laughs> why are we driving three hours out of our way to go to this yeah. after our vacation yeah we're getting it we're staying where to do what and yeah it was one of those things like hey we have to go to bowman gray you never know when it's gonna you know be done and that ended up being we went there last summer and this summer they didn't even run a season because of covid um and you just hope they come back you know yeah, you hope they, yeah, i think they yeah. will but a lot of a lot of tracks are dealing with that yeah. it's a tough deal man it's a tough yeah. deal for sure yeah um one we got two more predictions to go to for our top 10 things we're looking forward to in 2021 and one of them has to do with uh, imsa we're going back yes. to the sports car world because you and i have a race that we enjoy probably as much as any race for any series on any circuit period 
And that is one that's near and dear to our hearts. It's the Mid-Ohio Race Acura Sports Car Challenge, May 14th through the 16th. Uh, that's going to be in our neck of the woods in Ohio. Oh, yeah. And hope we see all the Buckeye Racing fans yep. out there. Um, and you, you talk about regional fans needing to show up. Mid-Ohio regional fans show up for that track. It's a big it, deal. Yeah. It is a big deal. People drive from Indiana as part of that region. I see a lot of Indiana plates there. It's a three-hour drive for a lot of them. Uh, I lived 20 minutes from the track for six years. Yeah. Uh, south of the track there and it was amazing to wake up i'd go to the 8 a.m session by myself i'd walk around the track i get a paddock pass i check out the cars i come back and have lunch with my family then take them <laughs> up for the afternoon ra- races oh. and then drop them off and then guess what i was such a nerd i'd go back up for like the final practice session like 6 30 and I'd go back by myself and like see the guys, you know, pulling the little feeder series out. I've helped load cars up before, push cars on haulers from like the, you know, the the SSC SCCA guys. You know, like you just it, it's a it's a if you're a track, you know, there's a gym rat. What is a track? I guess a helmet licker. I don't know, but <laughs> I think that's something different. I think that's but, well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you just like the smell of racing fuel, Mid Ohio is the track to yeah. go to. Put it on your bucket list if you live far away. Come to that race weekend, get it. Well, I'll tell you, you're you're right. It's it's fantastic. I I assume Road America is like this. I assume some of the other, uh, you know, I've never been down to, you know, I've never been to, you know, Atlanta's road course, or I've never been out to Skip Barber, but all those places I assume are like mid Ohio. And the beauty of road courses, depending on what part of the country you're in is man. And this is why I don't like some of the Roval stuff, just because you lose this. You get to be out in nature. Like where we sit, one of the places that we sit is this little hill near what is that? Turns like five, six, seven, four, five, six. Uh, It's the, it's, um, yeah it's near the s's right in mid Ohio. But where we like to sit, I mean, there's a line of pine trees. It's a natural hill. Well, I don't know if it's natural, but it's there now. And yeah. yeah. And there's a little ridge. You kind of walk on the top of it, and then you drop down in wherever you want to go sit. And you just have this natural bowl of land, and there's trees behind you providing shade for a decent part of the day. And then you've just got race cars coming by. But all you're looking at is farm fields, and you're seeing you know, all kinds of undulations in the land. There's forests around. And then you walk down a little bit, and there's it's like... This forest was like, I guess I will let a ribbon of asphalt pass through me if I must. But it's a gorgeous, otherwise, forest that you're walking through. It's very cool. Even in the summer, you're walking through. There can be 90 degrees out, but you can be in the shade. Like, I just, that's the thing is you can find a little spot. You can park Mm -hmm. your car. You can have a little barbecue out there. And cars are going around. And then you can walk over to a vantage point that gives you a better look. You can have a scanner with you so you can always hear what's going on. But you're just surrounded by racing. And I I can't, the whole track, basically, where you go to observe... Basically, 90% of where you sit to watch the race is inside the track. Almost every ticket is an infield ticket. So, yeah, man, I just I am thrilled about that coming back. And obviously, uh, we we hope to be out there and having some fun. Maybe we'll see. Hopefully, we'll see you out there. Yeah. And in in years past, I've shot for local publications with my camera. uh, So I've gotten a chance to take some amazing photos out there. But even if you just show up with your uh, DSLR or even your cell phone, there's spots in the track. You can get 20 feet away from the track. (laughs) With it's a general ridiculous. public ticket. Oh, that's I, I, insane. You can take great photos just with your yeah. just with your phone. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah. If yeah, you have it's any, amazing. If you know anyone, by the way, who's a photographer, like uh, I don't know, someone on this podcast happens to be. 
but mm. <laughs> Derek is a is a photographer. But um, if you are someone who's like got a friend who's always bugging you about like, hey man, you want to take some photos? Hey, you want to do this, that, or whatever? Uh, you know what a good thing to do would be probably see what they would charge you to just travel with you to the race or buy their ticket and see if they'll just take a bunch of really good photos for you. And then you can have all these photos of the baddest ass cars on the land. Like <laughs> you can have them and blow them up to whatever size you want. Cause they're yep. yours. You paid for them. Like, I, I yeah. mean, again, I'm not saying everybody would afford to do that or necessarily that'd be number one thing to do, but I love automotive photography. I love stuff like that. The artwork that these cars are, the engineering feat that these cars are. Yeah. Go check it out, man. Yeah, but yeah, any, or any you race you can get start close a podcast like that for the selfish reason of hoping to get press passes to take some great photos. <laughs> Stop. That, this is what we're doing. Don't you ruin. hired me? Uh, you hired. This is yeah, what we're doing. Photographer. This That's is right. what we're. This is what we're doing right now. The whole thing. I just leads found up, out about it. The whole That's thing it. leads up. <laughs> I'm being used. <laughs> 33, right. 35 years of my life. You've been waiting for this. I've moment. been yes. I've been grooming I, you for I, I this moment. You. That's exactly. You've been had. All right. This year, you. This year, you'll find me. I'll be having a Denmark flag wrapped around me. Uh, hunting down well, sorry uh jan and kevin <laughs> politely trying to understand and where i can meet in a, in a, in a line in a in a court I, I really do i really am not this crazy about magazine but i hope you are thing. i actually but now, i'm gonna be wearing a danish flag around my shoulders <laughs> and i will be finding him on you know the grid. that's gonna be so weird though like the cultural appropriation that goes on when you walk up and he's like oh you're from yeah you're from denmark and you're like no not at all i just like you a lot and i know you're from here <laughs> It's like that won't be creepy at all. Yeah, like, yeah, no, and, not and at you're all. Talking hey, to him, you and he's, come on our podcast. He's asking you questions. And you're like, "Where's Jan? Where's is Jan? Yeah, where's Jan? I want to see Jan. I thought Jan would be here. I, I, I came really hope here this is not a Jan would be here. I hope this is not a Lake where's Speed Jan? Scott Speed situation for you. I hope you're accurate on Jan Magnuson. I hope you don't have this mixed. Oh, up, so. he is, and Lake Speed is the father. He may not know it yet, but he is. Um, <laughs> That's yes, fine. Yes, this is this That's is fine. this is it. All right. All right. Last one. This is the last thing we're looking forward to in 2021. Uh, and then uh, we'll wrap it up. But we have a prediction that we are making. We have made this prediction based on some slight intel that we may have, intuitive or otherwise. Uh, but we have been told and we have been reading the tea leaves and a lot of people have been speculating about this, not just us, that a new automaker will be coming into NASCAR at some point. Now, We've not been told when that will be, but seems to make a lot of sense that in 2022, mm. they're going to the next gen car. Why yeah. would a team spend millions and millions of dollars in R&D and everything else for a car that's going to be good for one year and then going to mm -hmm. go to the junk pile? Probably wouldn't yep. be a great idea. So it would seem to make sense that if a new automaker is coming to NASCAR, 2021 is going to be the year where they're going to announce that. And yep. 2022 is obviously going to be the year where that team will go racing, but you're not going to announce that in 2022. There's obviously going to be some big formal announcement, and they're going to want to do that early in the year. I would bet between first and second quarter, somewhere like mm -hmm. definitely I would think by Memorial Day, we will oh, know yeah. who the new auto manufacturer is or at least have a pretty solid rumor, and it'll just be like an industry secret. Maybe we won't have drivers. Maybe we won't have all that, but... New automaker emerging for the next gen car in 2022. We're excited Lotus. about it, and we believe. Who do you think it'll be? Lotus. I'm I'm, t I'm totally kidding. <laughs> no, I want I want a Lotus <laughs> Cup car. I want to see just what the homolo hom no, homologation they looks like. They won't that. have the engine, and they'll bring back an old F1 legend <laughs> to just walk around the pits. That happened one year when I went to Indy. John Alisi. That happened. Great, great. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. 
we can throw our predictions out there who we think it will be i think you and i are on the same page on this that yeah we tend yeah, to believe I, it will be a legendary japanese automaker by the name of yep. honda and i yep. wouldn't even be surprised because they obviously have put a lot of into this it's not that they couldn't run hondas in nascar but it might be that they go the acura brand and put mm -hmm. acura in nascar and have like they're doing a lot with the new redesigned tsx and if you read some of the I don't know, like, have you seen some of the, the way they've advertised that car? Mm -hmm. It's a four-door sedan. It kind of fits yeah. right into the, you know, Camry, you know, model of, like, that's who they're competing with. Not really. They don't, you know, if you're driving a Camry, you probably aren't necessarily looking at an Acura per se, but maybe you are. Anyway, it's the same type of body size and stuff like that. So I could see that being a thing where they try to kind of, the marketing around that has been, less talk more drive you know everything is mm. focused on just like shut up and get in the car and drive it. it's a badass car you're gonna like it they're doing a ton of promotion with this car when it comes when it's it's now out but i'm just saying man like it it, it looks go check that car out and tell me that does not look like a cup template on the front like it looks yeah. like something that's been designed to sell a lot of t-shirts and look a lot like a car that you could see running on sundays at a big oval track so I yeah. think it's going to be accurate, and I think it's going to be announced sometime before the end of May. It'd be my and, guess. And I think if you really want to do some investigation, I think what you need to do is you need to look at a shop not too far from Charlotte Motor Speedway and start looking at a said owner, a rather portly owner, Rick Hendrick, who is a very benevolent man, very kind man, generous man, all that stuff, yada, yada, right? He is going to need to look for a new manufacturer if Chevy continues to give subpar performances with his team. either his, I mean, he's going to probably look for a new partner there. And the only reason I say that is because he's a car dealer man. He made his money in the car business. If anyone has a connection there, I think I could see Rick Hendrick in 2022 being the team that's announced as the, that's announced as the flagship Honda Acura team. That is, that is, uh, that's wild to me because, I mean, as much as I understand what you're saying – I, I I can't imagine that Rick Hendrick, I could see him using it for leverage to say, I want to get an even better deal out of my contacts with General Motors. But yeah, I can't see him throwing it all away. Not throwing it, you know what I mean? Like starting well, over with a new I mean, manufacturer. Yeah, but I mean, think about it. It may be even crazy to say this. Maybe even time for him to say, now, Jeff, I want you to take the reins of this. Maybe I think but, it, but it again, might be a way where he where he almost steps back, does this deal, steps back in, in an emeritus role, kind of you know where he's still there, but he's not doing the day to day. He's on a yacht, he's retired, he's enjoying life, and Jeff Gordon's running the which is a succession plan. He's running it, and and Rick Hendrick gets to see a, a new a new chapter being made and have his hand in it. It wouldn't shock me now if they go out and Alex Bowman tears it up and Kyle Larson comes in and win, wins five races and William Byron is is making the making the, the playoffs I, I think there and obviously chase you know repeats i think you've got a you know a chance to where i mean i know chase elliott won the championship this year i know a lot of you guys are like this guy's an idiot i've i've survived an hour of this podcast and he just almost blew over the fact that chase elliott <laughs> won the championship i'm saying look at hendrick over the long term they've not had good performance the last few years they're out with dale jr they're out with jeff gordon now they're out with jimmy johnson I mean, this is a fresh start for this organization, even though they just won a championship. I mean, maybe there's some Chase Elliott ties that some, but his dad ran Dodge. I mean, his dad was part of a team that switched manufacturers or was a flagship 
team. I mean, it's not unheard of for an Elliot to try something new is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I don't think you're necessarily wrong there. And I'm sure you're right. He could lean on his dad for advice there. Um, I do. I, I do have a backup for that. OK, <laughs> even though I just went on this Hendrick conspiracy, I, I wouldn't put it past me. Rob Kaufman and Chip Ganassi, uh, their partnership there. Uh, he came in at, in the back end of, of the, the formation of Michael Walter Racing. So it wouldn't shock me to see Rob Kaufman being the businessman he is to strike a deal with Honda Acura or whatever okay. manufacturer is going to be out there to have Chip Ganassi be the flagship team. And two I, team, I don't two even our team is more manageable. Yeah, I don't even know if this would factor in. I kind of doubt it would, but I'm sure some people would maybe to to lend more the, to that theory. Again, I don't believe this is a reason, but I could see people making this connection that Kyle Larson has a Japanese American heritage. And maybe there's some crossover appeal there with, you know, not that he is like going to necessarily have some big appeal in Japan per se, but just maybe there's a little bit of that too, where that company looks for something like that as, as part of a tie-in. Again, Kyle Larson comes with a lot of baggage these days, so I don't know if that's yeah, the case, but either I don't, way. I don't think people are going to look at Kyle Larson and say diversity. Well, Larson, no, they, that's what we need. But, <laughs> I don't I mean, either, but just because he hasn't really valued that in his speech, no. his, his yeah. company he, he's kept. And yeah. continues to sadly keep this day with his spotter having some questionable tweets. Well, yeah. Liking, but yeah. Either way, it, it's the point is either way. And Hendrick's very interesting. I'd be shocked if that happens. I think it's a very interesting theory you've put forward. I don't necessarily buy that's where it is. I do run. I do wonder, though, and I can't imagine. I can't believe I'm saying this, but like, what about a team like Roush Fenway Racing? I can't imagine Jack Roush not being with Ford. But then again, what has Ford brought them? Have you driven a Ford lately? Well, they certainly haven't had a lot of success in one, you know? So yeah. I, I wonder if with, with not that Ryan mm. Newman is out to pasture, but, you know, he's obviously an aging driver. Chris Boucher is a, a good driver, Boucher. Um, he's, a, he's a good driver, but I don't think that they're going to reach a ceiling. You know, this is not like putting Kyle Busch in a different car. You know what I mean? Where there's a lot more moving parts to that. You could easily see that team switching over and being one of the teams maybe that leads like a stable of maybe they become like the premier team, the premier factory team for a new entry like a Honda. And then that convinces some of the, you know, Rick Wares and Spire Motorsports and some of those other teams that are out there. Maybe JTG, like those teams then say, you know what? We're going to like, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll go over there too. And then that you Roush is suddenly like the big dog in that again, they are the number one team. Yeah. And maybe that, that is a, a enough of a thing. Someone will do it. Obviously, if they're yeah. going to, you know, bring a team well, in there, a new manufacturer and someone's going to do it. And obviously 2311 racing is going to be the other thought there because well, they only have one driver with it unless gibbs goes that route i think they're pretty much tied to whatever gibbs is right. doing. i tend um, to agree as well i just was throwing yeah. it out there that i'm sure yeah. some people will say why not them and that's probably the reason why is because joe gibbs there's a lot of a tie there but then again yeah. i know that denny hamlin's gonna have more loyalty than anyone else but if you look at the history of smaller teams that have aligned with joe gibbs doesn't work out so well for those other yeah. guys you know go ask yeah, and, uh, and, front row or uh, furniture row motorsports yeah. go ask uh Oh, who just got out of Levine it? Levine family, Levine family you, Bob Levine, yeah. right? Go ask yeah, those but, guys. But think about this too. Uh, I, I mean, they they they've switched manufacturers when they had a superstar. Tony Stewart uh, was with Chevy. They were Chevy for a long or Pontiac, sorry, for the longest time. GM, and you know, one of the reasons why Stewart left was because they were switching to Toyota. It was yeah, one of those things that's that true. Clashed with what he was doing at the time. So it wouldn't shock me. Now I have two predictions. 
I think whoever comes in, whatever manufacturer, they are going to do what Toyota did and market and package the snot out of the truck series and the Xfinity series to get a lot of those teams to then buy into their products. So I don't know how a Honda does that. I mean, I guess they could race the Ridge line, but they're going to have to heavily modify it because it doesn't even look anything. I guess none of the trucks really look like anything yeah. <laughs> like what they have on the road. But um, but that'd be the first thing. And the second prediction I have, no matter who the manufacturer is, I am predicting, I can't believe I'm saying this, Spire Motorsports will become a mid up an upper mid tier like if this was a, a an american economy they'd be an upper middle class they won't be the wealthy but they'll be an upper middle class within the next three years that mm. their, their whole business model has been to prepare themselves for 2022 and yeah, now they're bringing on a solid driver in Corey lajoy who was getting top 20s with really really old equipment with go fast racing his oh. results almost were better yeah people don't understand like i mean he's running stuff that in some cases is some of the parts on his cars are 10 years older than the guys he's racing against and yeah. he was competitive i mean it's it's ridiculous what some of these so lower, you, what some of these smaller teams a, do it's amazing you get him in a brand new car in 2022 i mean sky is really the limit for that team they've already won albeit a rain delay race with justin haley but they've won and i think i could see them being uh, a little bit more than an RPM. Um, well, but you get you the know? yeah. There's a but I'm saying the reasonable thought and they is, could partner with they could partner with somebody that, that they become a flagship team by some crazy stretch and partner with another team or kind of make a conglomerate of two or three teams. They have a four car team out of that. It would yeah. shock me. Yeah, I mean basically th- their ownership and their direction is kind of like hey. We're just logging laps and logging time until 2022. They've said that. You know, I mean, the the last thing I'll say is that we haven't mentioned this team yet, but I think it actually makes a lot of sense. Chip Ganassi could be that team too. I mean, because look at what Ganassi did with Ford in IMSA, where Ford said, we want to run the GTs again, and we want to be competitive, and we want to go out and win Le Mans. And they said, who can do that? And they said, well, Chip Ganassi, you've launched teams before. You've brought in manufacturers. Go do it. And what do they do? They knocked it out of the park and they went and won yep. Le Mans and they did everything Ford. Ford was like, yes, thank you. You checked all the boxes for us. We made all the money we were looking to make on this. You have nailed this. And now we're out of the sport again, just because that's what Ford wanted to come in, get that car some pub. They did it. It worked. And they got out. He knows how to do that. His organization is broad enough to do something like that. And I don't think their ties to Chevy are necessarily any stronger than anybody else. And you've got Kurt Busch and Ross Chastain. These are not two guys that are, again, going to be culture shocks if suddenly they are driving for Acura. So you put a Ganassi and a a Roush Fenway. I'd see those two teams being the ones that would switch. And and then you bring in the Spires and some of those and, and give them the promise of like, you could be the next big thing you might be better than these other two teams by the time it's all said and done we don't know yeah you know i think there's a lot going on there yeah kurt bush has raced for a lot of teams and he switched teams this i'm saying like all these these are not guys that are deal breakers that like oh no that guy will never drive anything but you know jeff gordon driving anything other than a chevy would have been a culture shock moment you know what i mean that's yeah that's a different thing uh, Kyle yeah. Busch driving. I know, you know, obviously he's had a long career, but Kyle Busch in a Toyota makes sense now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's going to be a difficult thing to see that change. So I could mm. see none of the Toyota teams really getting and being the ones that do that. None of the big Toyota teams uh, mm-hmm. like I don't think Gibbs is doing it to your point. But yeah, Ganassi and Fenway, I would get Roush Fenway are the two. I would say watch for them to switch if anybody's mm-hmm. going to and if that happens. But yeah. We could be listening to this at the end of next year and saying, holy hell, we were wrong. Nobody came 
Justin <laughs> Mark's <laughs> team came in and and yeah, did they no, got, I'm saying, like, yeah, they, no, no manufacturer. No one. We could say yeah. no manufacturer. They may not do this, yeah. but everything we've heard, the tea leaves are out there that uh yeah, there's there's some yeah. big names that'll be attached to it when it happens if it does. So oh, yeah. we're excited we, about it. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will break down some news and notes in, uh, I think, the longest episode we've done in a while of the Stagger Podcast. So stick around. All right, welcome back to the Stagger Podcast. We will make this quick because uh, Derek's battery on his laptop is quickly fading, so let's get to it. 14%. we got to make this quick. (laughs) All right, here we go. Austin Dillon's going to IMSA. However, not permanently, he's... It's too bad for me, but he is going to IMSA for the Rolex 24 at Daytona, but he is not driving the DPIs like a lot of guys do, and he's not driving like a GT3 car or a GT Daytona or whatever they call GT Le Mans. Well, there's GT Le Mans and GT Daytona. Both of those cars are essentially what they would call GT3 cars in other disciplines, but here we call them those two. Anyway, he's not driving like a factory team like that, and he's not driving at the highest level. He's driving the LMP2s. Oh, now, wow. yeah, he's driving. Uh, yeah, he's driving like with what is the the chassis they uh, use? Legier, Orca, Legier, yeah, Legier, Legier's the the chassis he's running. But uh, yeah, I think that's so. That's a little. That's a little I interesting, see, right? I mean, that he's not yeah. running with the big dogs like he's. Well, I mean, other people have done that. Colin Braun, who used to run in trucks, he's made a, a basically a living winning Rolex after Rolex after that. Think about this. So you've got a large, well, you got a massive talent field in the DPIs. You've got a Formula One driver coming over to be a full-time driver, right? Yeah. You've got the Taylor brothers. You've got, uh, I mean, you've got a lot of drivers. I know, I know Ricky races in uh, GT now. I think they both actually race for Corvette. Sorry. Uh, yeah. But my, so when, when I start talking about IMSA, sometimes my brain goes between 2010, 2012, and just start seeing Wayne Taylor you know, like rolling around my empty brain and I start losing when people drive for which team, but there's a lot of talent at the top level and there's a lot of people in his way to get that nice Rolex. Yeah. But yeah. If you go to a class, I don't, if you I, no, me, it's exactly, you're exactly I, right. Was that like was my five thought. cars entered. That was my know? thought. That was my thought too, is at last year there were, or not last year, two years ago, I want to say there were two LMP two teams. Yeah. So it was one. <laughs> so if you finished second, you 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 were guaranteed a podium and you were also finishing dead last. So like you were just it was a very weird spot to be in. So I don't know if it's improved there. I know that they have tried to build that part of the series back up, but on on the top of my head, I can't remember how it is going. But I'll give you the particulars real quick of what he's doing. He's running RWR Eurasia is the team he'll be running with with Salih Yulik and then uh, a guy you've heard of if you're a NASCAR fan, Cody Ware, Rick Ware's son. Uh, Rick Ware yeah. Racing has formed a partnership with this Eurasia, RWR Eurasia team. That's Rick Ware Racing, go figure. Uh, so they've formed this partnership together, and they are going to be running, I believe, a pretty full series. I don't know if they're running just the Rolex 24 or running more, but either way, they had another spot to fill, and Austin Dillon is going to fill it. But yes, uh, you would think that he's going to be able to get a little experience out of this because if you'll remember, uh, Austin Dillon did not run the Daytona Roval last year because he was out with COVID. So this would be good experience for him too, given that the cup guys are going to run a competitive race there where you're going to need points. Uh, It's not the worst thing to do is to hop in a car that could use a driver. 
and go around, you might get a Rolex out of it. But even if you don't, you get some actual seat time, which I know they do simulations and everything else, but nothing can be actual seat time, even if it's in a totally different car. It'll still be something that gives him a little bit more on that track. So Austin Dillon, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you could, you might have heard me typing while you were talking. I'm trying to look that up. Uh, the row before the 24 is now the week before the 24. Yes. So that's why they're, I'm like, this is the week of. There's usually entry list galore. Why am I not seeing who he's driving or how many cars are in there in the field? And that's why. But yeah, um, it's, it, yeah, I'll tell you, I, my theory is that Austin Dillon wants some bling. And he's, if he's got to <laughs> well, be three, certainly... if he's got to be two other cars or one other car to get that bling. You're right. There you there's, go. there's nothing that there's nothing that it, add to trust his me, the legacy. Silver, the podium silver, finish. The silver, podium finish on Rolex 24. That's all that needs to be said. Forget the fact there's three cars in the field. <laughs> the silver podium spoon. Finish. The silver spoon thing is always going to follow him, and it does kind of feel like the path of least resistance. Like if you wanted to go run in in, in the DPI series, you're going to be going up against some of the best drivers in the world. LMP2. It's a little bit more of a you know sparse crowd there that you might be able GTD, to. GTD, man, you're going to oh, have GTD's 19 cars amazing. in that field. GTD is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and then GT Le Mans, forget that. you got to be a factory driver almost to run that series. Yeah, it's an. I it's mean, you insane. got like six cars in there, but they're all studs. Yeah, they're, and they're man. all factory backs. So, yeah, unless yes, you get a ride yes, with one of those so, teams, that's that's going to be tough. And I think in Corvette's out of GT Le Mans, so he doesn't have a Chevy tie-in. Yeah, so, and good, and good yeah. luck trying to walk up to Joey Hand and being like, I, I know he's always, I don't know if he's driving with BMW now, but he's always ha always has. It's our local team here in Columbus, Ohio. And I just imagine him going up to Joey Hand and be like, hey, man, step aside. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. The, but the, you yeah. know, the, the sport's been dealing with a lot of attrition because a lot of teams are trying to deal with everything. You know, a lot of these guys who own these teams, they, they didn't have great years last year because their businesses didn't do well. So now they're taking that out on things like their race teams, which are luxuries and not necessities. So just keep an yeah. eye on that because some of the fields will be smaller for IMSA this year. But the Rolex 24, obviously, if anybody's going to field a car, they're going to try to get to Daytona and bring it because they want a chance at that Rolex like anybody yeah. does. And if... If this Powerball hits, you're going to be finding uh, some ranky-dank podunk team that's going to be the whatever, blah, 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 with Stagger Motorsports that's going to happen <laughs> if our Powerball hits. So Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's We're going to hire Jimmy Spencer. Yeah, let's let's uh, <laughs> let's very quick switch gears. We mentioned a legend yeah. in motorsports passed away, and uh, yeah. the twin brother of Mario Andretti, Aldo Andretti, has uh, sadly passed away at the age of 80. Mm. Uh, this according to a release from Andretti Autosport. Uh, they announced that he passed peacefully with a heart full of love and spirit, according to the IndyCar team. Now, if you don't know the history of Mario and Aldo, they were, they were both born in Montona, Italy. They spent several years in a Tuscany refugee camp before immigrating with their family to the United States in 1955. Their father arrived in the country with $125, a promise that he would stay for at least five years. Aldo and Mario began racing. They raced a lot. They won a lot. Aldo, unfortunately, had a, a career that was cut short by a crash and uh, was never able to get back in the car, but he was still very passionate about the sport and supported his brother, obviously, his son, John Andretti, who, of course, has also sadly passed away. Uh, many of us you know, have a lot of good feelings about him as well. So, yeah, Aldo Andretti, a, a, a large figure in motorsports, in part because of his proximity to his brother, but also because of his own exploits and uh, legacy there with Andretti so sad to hear that he has passed away at the age of 80 yeah. we wish him and his family uh, much condolences and obviously Mario Andretti was very touched by this he he yeah. he was you could tell in his tweets very much upset by that so uh, yeah. sad news for sure
but we did yeah. want to highlight that as a you know as a racing podcast we love to talk about the legends of the sport and and Aldo didn't have the driving career that his brother did but he certainly was important so yeah um, absolutely yeah, yeah and, and for those of you that always are looking for resource podcasts um there's a lot of indianapolis i'm trying to think of what it is uh 1070 out there does a lot of like uh uh talks with donald the date donald davidson is that okay. the guy's name i think the you're right the historian for, the, for, Indian, for the yeah, indianapolis, historian Motor, for indianapolis Speedway. Motor Speedway. and a lot of things you'll get a lot of people just asking hey can you profile this driver i bet you he's got one in there for aldo andretti so if you want to do some digging and find out a little bit about a driver you may or may not have known about uh, it's a great way to find out the legends of the sports and what they meant to IndyCar and the community. Yeah, and, and again, his his contributions were more off the track or with his brother, but still, yeah, obviously, uh, yeah, yeah, so, sad loss I mean, for that family for sure. Yeah, so. he, he he didn't have to get his ID checked when he walked into Indy, that's for sure. <laughs> no, no, he did not. Um, all right, so we'll leave you with something that's a little more lighthearted here, and I had no idea about this, but did you know that Brad Keselowski is apparently helping us get to space? Do you know that? Uh, like, we're going to space. Not you and me, but... Honey, we're going to outer space! <laughs> uh, America is oh, going to space. America. Part because of CAM, which would be Keselowski Advanced Manufacturing. They opened two years ago. Um, they have invested millions of dollars. Brad Keselowski personally has invested millions of dollars in this business. It's a hybrid manufacturing factory housed in the 70,000-square-foot shop that used to be the base of Brad Keselowski's truck team. But that obviously folded, and so now he has turned to manufacturing. They do, like, CNC and all that stuff. I mean, think of, like, what Haas does to a degree, and that's that's what he's doing. And he's got the space. He's got the equipment. But what they have done is they make stuff aimed at aerospace, defense, medical, and automotive technology. Brad Kozlowski just uh, said a few weeks ago in an interview that his company's growth is like tripling because of how things are going with the space technology. They're saying space technology is projected to be a trillion dollar industry in the next decade. And he is in on that. He said, we're working with several key launch related companies, building some very high end equipment to make their launches possible in ways that wasn't possible before. So that's pretty much dominated my business. So there you go. Brad Kozlowski. Uh, so can, can you imagine him dancing in front of a truck? And hitting it with a baseball bat, like and saying, "Look, it's indestructible." <laughs> right. <laughs> going, I, I really can't. Going on he's Rogan not, and smoking weed. Yeah, I mean, he's not we've Elon seen Musk. Keselowski drunk. Who knows? He oh. could be the next Elon Musk. We might be saying Let's Elon who? No, I, Brad I don't. Keselowski's who we're I think, talking no, about. No, Brad. Brad Keselowski's smart. I'll say it in this way: because the people who make the most money in life are not the ones. Uh, even though Elon Musk is insanely rich and Jeff Bezos is insanely rich, right? But for every one of those yeah. guys, there are ten guys that have almost as much money or similarly are very rich and well off who you've never heard of because they just make stuff like this. It's like they don't know that they, they don't work for NASA. They build the things that NASA always needs whenever NASA needs to do something or, you know, now in this case, you know, SpaceX or whoever else is involved. So right. the guy who figured out like how to design Walmart cash registers. The only thing that guy's pretty rich 
know what I mean? Like that's where Brad Keselowski. That's where Brad Walmart. Probably not. But well, yeah. no. I mean, there's a Walmart in every city, and there's right. millions of cash registers, and they always I mean, need I'm new sure, ones. I'm sure he's I'm got a. I'm sure he's got a retirement account. to say that, but <laughs> I'm saying I mean, it depends. Depends on when okay. when that happens. My point is, we both know people that work at Amazon. That's all I'm saying. They no, don't make no, that no, much no. Money. I'm not saying the people who work there. I'm saying the people who supply those companies, whoever it is that designed the oh, system. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. the people who yeah. build that stuff that they always need and they have to buy more of it those are the guys that are super rich and you mm. never hear of them and they're probably just as big of a yacht as jeff bezos so so that's brad keselowski i'm saying brad keselowski is probably going to make a shit ton of money off of this thing and don't be surprised if you see brad keselowski owning a nascar team uh when he retires <laughs> or don't be surprised if he just says like Pe- peace out y'all oh, yeah maybe. maybe i'm gonna go learn how to play basketball and, and <laughs> hang out on my yacht <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? He can pay people who are worse than him. He can find those people and pay them to come play with him, and he will feel that great. would be the ultimate boss move. Is if he t- goes up to Michael Jordan, and be like, "Hey, I want to buy the Bobcats from you or the Hornets," <laughs> and like that's exactly just, how it sounds. He's like, "Hey, man, I want to buy the Bobcats from you. I'm Brad Keselowski. How you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm yeah. trying hey, to man. redeem myself from my terrible looking up on YouTube. Oh, I mean, oh, dribbling God like awful. Stanley from the Office. I mean, God it been, awful. Oh my God, terrible, it was terrible. Like worse. Every time I said, hey, NASCAR drivers are athletes, I get sent this video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, not. He, is so, not a, he is not an athlete. Oh, so, yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm just he saying sucks. that white fire suit may become a little pudgy here in the next few hey, years. But you he know may what, decide it's time to hang it up. He had a nice year this year again, coming back, finishing second in the championship hunt. And I think that's going to give him a few more years. But the reality is he knows his time is short in NASCAR, meaning he doesn't have 20 more years racing in NASCAR. Well, and he doesn't but have to. No, no, no. He's already made a lot of money. He's like I said, he's invested millions in this, but he's positioning himself to be a guy who eventually is a billionaire. I think that's his play. Yeah. I think he's trying. Maybe it won't get to that point, but he's trying to position himself to where he can get the sky's the limit on how much he can make, literally and figuratively. So, I'm just saying, it, it might be that there's a time 10 years from now where Brad Keselowski walks in and says, "Hey, NASCAR, I want one of those charters." They say, "Cool, who's your business partner?" And he's like, "Uh, you're looking at him. This is I'm in on me. This is this is Brad Kozlowski racing. Let's go." Isn't and that uh, crazy, he's good to though. Do. Isn't that crazy that like the guy the the 25-year-old kid who was talking about throttle bodies and getting fined <laughs> I know. for critiquing NASCAR's in, you know, fuel intake systems is now like, "See, I told you I knew what I was talking about." Or at least I hired people that knew what they were talking about. That's right. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing, honestly, to see that this is the not that he had many rags to begin with, but you see a lot of drivers like Clint Boyer, whose dad was a tow truck tow truck driver and and raced locally, welded and worked at a you know dealership. And next thing you know, he's sleeping on a couch in Charlotte, chasing his dream. Yeah, and he's gonna make he made a lot of money. Yeah, but Clint Boyer is not gonna have anywhere near. There's a reason why he's still in NASCAR booth because mm-hmm. if he wants to have any sort of a resemblance of his lifestyle he's had the last decade or two he's got to still make you know six you know figures slow seven figures mm-hmm. to keep that going yeah, yeah. and brad keselowski is like i made that last week oh yeah company. that's if you that's know, like, if the, to, to what he is saying this company is capable of doing i mean he says it's going to be a pretty big deal so yeah. we'll find out could all be hype but uh yeah brad keselowski could be the guy getting us to the moon so we don't call him rocket man though because we already mars. got a rock we already, we already yeah well we've already been to mars uh, no, I'm just kidding. Venus. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He, we've been there in rovers, but not not legit. Maybe he'll be the one. Can you imagine if Brad Kozlowski wins the space race? Good lord, that celebration Wait, will be amazing. Will he take us to the lizard people? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. 
I don't know. All I know is it could uh, be hype. It could be otherwise. But we can't call him Rocket Man because we've already got Ryan Newman. But uh, yeah, maybe we'll figure out something else for him. Uh, buzzed Lightyear? Could that be what we call him? <laughs> Buzz Lightyear? Buzz. Baseballs? No, Buzzed Lightyear. He's, he's, uh, Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah, yeah, the drink. Like it. All right. Uh, like that's it. enough. I like it. The dad jokes are flowing, so that means we're done. We're over. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week. We'll be starting our conversations about the Chili Bowl. Get you ready for that next week. But until then, as always, stay safe and stay staggered. <laughs>